All right, let's cover what happened so far during week one of Cogember. Metal, can you help me out? Pulling up images right now, Nick. Here they are. Thanks, Metal. First, we talked about Hideo Kojima in general. Then, we listed which games we'll be covering during the month of November. Then, Heather, Matt, and I dug into Metal Gear. Then, wait, Metal, what are these images you're showing? I'm showing you images from your hard drive, Nick. These are images oh, that you've no, saved. Oh, oh no, get, out the, the, get out of the H drive. That's well, for This one's very my large. Private... Perhaps we should zoom in. I'll oh, zoom no, in on the most get, interesting part. Get out, please get out, please change. Close the window. Can you just close did, the window? Did you take a photo of your penis in front of a photograph? I was trying to c- compare it to uh, something for scale. Like it's I, t- I took a it's the Leaning Tower of Pizza, and I thought I could trick someone. <laughs> okay, here's a second image. I'm going as fast as I can. My my memory bank is really slow. Uh, well, I guess that's good for me. Look, let's just end the presentation. This is not going anywhere. Is this you and your mom? Yes, this is me and my mom. We're having a lovely time. You guys kiss with tongue? (laughs) We investigate crime scenes and investigate showering women in MSX2 and Sega CD cyberpunk cult classic Snatcher as Hideo Kojember continues on How Did This Get Played? Welcome to Out of This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and most notable video games of all time. I'm Nick Weiger along with Heather Ann Campbell. I'm Heather. Wait, I, I'm so happy about that that I forgot to. Uh, that's great, dude. I love it. I love it. Worst, weirdest and most notable. Most. Not- I wish it was a third W. That's what that would be great. If it was WWW, that would be nice synergy. But unfortunately, How about I couldn't quite worst, get the weirdest and most wonderful. Worst, weirdest, and most wonderful video games of all time. This mm, one definitely falls in number three, and also number two. It's weird and it's wonderful. A delightful game. But sorry, I Heather, think, please continue. I think worst, weirdest, and wonderful might work. That's that's all I'm saying. We don't have to worst stick to it. and weirdest and wonderfulest. Sure. Mm. Wonderful. I'm Heather Ann Campbell, aside with uh, producer Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, Bucket. Edge. Guys, we are continuing Hideo Kojember, a month-long exploration of the games of Hideo Kojima. Very, very exciting times here for the podcast. I'm having a blast. Uh, this one in particular was just an absolute delight. Uh, I, I do I do have something before uh, up top, and this, this is just a little bit of gaming news, which I know we don't generally do on the show, but it, I, I found this staggering, and this will still be topical when, the to- when this comes out. Do you guys know, I don't know if you saw this headline. If you, if you saw the headline, don't guess, but if you, if you didn't see the story, 
uh, let me know what you think the answer is. How much did Activision Blizzard make in microtransactions alone in the third quarter of 2020? I did not see this headline. I, I want to guess $100 billion. Okay, you're going the Dr. <laughs> Evil number. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say $3 billion. Well, you both overshot it, but it's still a lot of money. This is going to make it seem less exciting now. $1.2 billion in three months off That's... microtransactions. Any so, number with a B, with a billion was going to be insane. Yeah, That's unbelievable. I'm in the neighborhood, at least. I mean, I know that there's a factor of a factor of a factor of a s- that's larger than I can comprehend between $1.2 billion and $3 billion, but I feel like I'm in the neighborhood. I feel like I was pretty close to still. It's you... you <laughs> You both got billions right. You both got uh, you both got nailed that aspect. It's just it's just like that you could you could take all the money you make off of like people buying you know like w- like modern warfare uh, you know wearables and uh, you could buy an NHL franchise. It's just a staggering amount of money for microtransactions, which is why they'll be here forever. But man, I was like floored. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> that, that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> One of the worst, uh, one of the worst things about modern games is microtransactions. Yeah. Hey, look, are terrible. But hey, it's not hurting anybody, right? <laughs> it's let them like if you want to get a costume for your horse that you're riding in Call of Duty. Fucking, I I got no issue with it. Are you let familiar it- with the franchise? <laughs> 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 yeah, you think there are a bunch of costumed horses running around in this thing? <laughs> Isn't, isn't Call of Duty like the one that takes place in World War One, like at the very opening of it? So there's oh, a couple yeah. people still using horses. Yeah, there's so there's some entries in the series that, <laughs> and they've got like Pepsi logos on them because that's like an Activision Blizzard exclusive. Like Seven Eleven plus Pepsi right. presents World War One costumed horses. It was like the original period Pepsi, though. It was like uh, whatever it would be as like a medicine. Yeah. Yeah, Gavrilo Princip uh, fucking throws a grenade at Archduke Franz Ferdinand and then uh, turns to camera and enjoys an ice-cold Pepsi. But it, but it's a tonic. It's a medicating tonic. He, he tries to hand it to the opposing side like in that commercial. To right. Yeah. Both their differences. That's how they do the Christmas piece in uh, the, the Call of Duty franchise. <laughs> Everyone enjoys Pepsis when they get out of the trenches. Uh all right. Well, hopefully that's the one bit of unfortunate, unfun news because this game is, I think, going to be a delight to talk about. I'm certainly very excited to talk about. But before we do that, before we descend into gaming hell, the segment, the segment ain't going away. Hey, just like Benghazi for for Charlie Daniels, the segment ain't going away. <laughs> I, I <just laughs> R.I.P. I, I just want to say. I want to shout out to the fans here because you're the guys that made this happen. You're the one that once that kept this this segment going when all the chips were down. You came forward and you said this is something we want, and so you, I, I see you guys, and I'm proud of you. You made your voices heard in the most important uh, most important vote going on right now. <laughs> so thank you for participating. <laughs> What when we are recording this? <laughs> I just want to be clear. Uh, on the evening we've recorded this, Trump has won the election. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Christ. So that's when that if you could put that in time, like in context. Yeah. 
that that's what happened tonight. Uh, you know, remember where you were when you found that out. That's where we were. So just you know, <laughs> guys, I'm a, I'm I want to I want to do these seventy seconds, but I also yes. want to say up up top, I'm I'm a little nervous about this record because I liked this game so much. And I, I feel like I'm going to do it a disservice if I don't make this the best podcast representation of Snatcher. So we yes. got to get our act together because we're all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be great. We're getting we're we're shaking the sillies out, and then we're going right. to get to business. But all let's right. uh let's and hey let's get to business right now before we descend into gaming hell. It's time, as we always do, to first spend seventy seconds in gaming heaven. All right, go for it. Matt, I want to talk with you about a game I've been playing a lot that you just got. Yes. Hades. Yes. How you how you liking Hades so far? Uh, you know, I'm loving it. I like it's very rare that I like from the first like few seconds of a game, I know that I'm gonna love it. Immediately uh, fun. That's like it was like I couldn't believe how much fun I was having. Um, I was playing it in bed last night and I didn't get, you know, particularly very far, but like I got maybe like I I probably did like five runs and then I was like okay I'm gonna go to sleep but it's yeah. I I can't wait to see how much more powerful I get and how much like what the different rooms are gonna be it's gonna be a mm-hmm. lot of fun what is your experience it's, with it so far I I love it's so satisfying I think this is the most pure fun game I've played this year I I mean I, maybe it's the best I don't know but it's it, I'm just having so much fun with it it's so great it's such a great design it is so uh you know. Uh, uh, the the systems are so tweaked the the skill uh, the skill building systems are, are, are it's it's so fun to choose your boons it's so fun to you, you do feel tangibly more powerful with each run you complete yeah which is just such an awesome feeling for roguelike okay it's it's fucking great and it's horny as shit and you know what else is horny as shit this week's game snatcher should I should I talk about what snatcher is yes please. <clears throat> Here we go. Snatcher is a cyberpunk graphic adventure game developed and published by Konami. It was written and designed by Hideo Kojima and first released in 1988 for the PC-8801 and the MSX-2 in Japan. So the initial version of this game came out on the same system that Metal Gear from uh, last week's episode came out. Metal Gear? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Sorry, Jeez. keep going. I lost my... It is a highly referential game with a cinematic feel. Uh, it references uh, movies like Blade Runner, Akira, The Terminator, uh, and uh, and a ton of other fucking shit. Like, you just... <laughs> this is not so much playing a video game as it is playing a collage of things that that Kojima liked yes. in 1988. And that's the other thing. This game, if you go from 1982, which was Metal Gear, to 1988, Snatcher, I believe this was his second game that he uh, developed and designed. The leap is so great that it is it is incomprehensible how different, how engaging, how, um, how much of a story there is in this game, Snatcher. Now, uh, the way that I think, the, I, but just, by the, just, just real huh? quick, I, just real quick, I think that I, you said eighty two. I think eighty seven was Metal Gear. What? Yeah, I think I think the the uh, I just I yeah I just looked it up. I think Metal Gear actually came out in eighty seven originally. So wait a minute, Metal Gear. Can, this is a year later. 
that fucking Snatcher comes out? Yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, uh, the that version, the initial version came out in 88. And then I think the, you know, the better known version that came out for the, the PC Engine CD and then ultimately um, Sega CD came out in like uh, 92, 94. Yeah, but like, the, I, I, my brain just exploded. <laughs> I, I got nothing. To, I mean, like, that doesn't even make sense. That's like, hey, you, you know, uh, our follow up to the train driving at the camera, uh, the, the like 1901 silent film where a train drives at a camera. Mm-hmm. Our follow up yeah. is, is uh, scared the is, hell out of me. <laughs> Wait, you were there? Yeah. Well, I was for a second. Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> it's as if the follow-up was Goonies. Like, it's like such yeah. an insane leap. You're like, oh, okay. So not only is this self-referential and, like, references Metal Gear and has a lot of comedy in it, but it's also a completely engaging detective story and yes. a cyberpunk thriller. It's fucking crazy that this game came out when it did. Um, it, it it was kind of also just just in terms of its original release. I mean, it's you know it was uh, there were a lot of graphic adventures in this era, Sierra graphic adventures, and and um uh yeah and and Lucasfilm games later LucasArts graphic adventures that I think were coming out out around the same time. Uh, so it it you know I I think it was and there might be more of these kind of of Japanese uh, uh, these kind of graphic adventures for consoles in Japan that a lot of the, them haven't been released in the states but it does feel for for eighty eight yeah it it does feel ahead of its time I I, I should say and I, I'm sorry that uh, I'll, I'll let you finish your thought but the. We should clarify that the version I think we all played was the Sega CD version, which came out in 94, which was kind of like a remastered version. I haven't played the 88 version or or even really looked at footage of it. I, I've just seen some screenshots, so I don't know how different it is uh, in, in terms of gameplay and, and story. But sorry, keep go on, Heather. Uh, in terms of gameplay and story, it is very similar. It is the, the mm. same uh, menu selection, same uh, story and plot. Uh, but there's no voice acting, and the music is uh, different on the MSX2. Um, but yeah, the 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 way that it came to the United States was on the Sega CD, and boy oh boy, did I like playing this game on the Sega CD oh, this man. week, guys! Yeah, holy shit! You had an enviable setup where you're playing it on a on a Sega CD on a CRT, and I was just like, "I'm playing on an emulator." I turned on scan lines, but I was really envying your experience. It it the game is so fucking beautiful. It's like yes. it looks like a cartoon. Uh it is. It's lush and gorgeous, and you are shocked at how often it doesn't cut corners. Uh like we play these old games a lot. And often I'm like, oh, it's pretty, far. it's good for its time. This could be released as like a retro looking indie game now. And people mm-hmm. would, would just be bananas about it. Like, it's so good. I um, had that exact same thought. This is a GMTA thing. I, 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 I was thinking as I was playing this, if this was an indie game that came out from like a solo dev or a small team that came out in 2020, it would be one of my favorite games of this year. It is so fucking, it holds up so well. And contrasting that with Metal Gear, which we played last year, which, you know, is is an interesting artifact, doesn't really hold up all that well. And even Metal Gear Solid, 
which I'm replaying right now. You're just getting your your feet wet with Metal Gear Solid Two for the for the first time. I'm gonna replay Metal Gear Solid Two after I finish my Metal Gear Solid playthrough. But I'm like, I think this is aged better. Even though it, it's an earlier game, I think it's aged better than Metal Gear Solid. I think mm-hmm. I think it plays. You know, like the this style of gameplay is still very. It feels like the same way that this game, this sort of uh, you know hybrid graphic adventure visual novel, would play in, in a release nowadays. And the art looks so fucking good. The pixel art is so good aesthetically. The combo for me, the Sega CD thing of of, of this you know rich Mega Drive slash Genesis like like palette that you talked about, just the the the, the pixel art is and and and, and the graphical fidelity is like is like just right for that sort of sixteen bit aesthetic. It's so visually pleasing. Uh, the art is so good. Uh, the animation is is sparse but used well. Like you were saying, they don't cut any corners. Um, and and then the the music is fucking the music and sound design are fucking great. It still it sounds so fucking great. The Sega CD aesthetic for me has aged so gracefully. It's just like some, one of the more most pleasant uh, bits of retro gaming to 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 re-experience in in the year of our Lord twenty twenty. Yeah, it's it. The Sega CD is great because it's it's better than our memories of Super Nintendo or Genesis. Yes, uh, but is still so deeply retro and nostalgic that it could not be. It's not a modern. It's not a modern interpretation of 16-bit tech. It's just the highest end version of that generation's tech. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like the 32X was kind of like fuzzy and sloppy a lot of the time because they were trying too much with it. Whereas mm-hmm. like Popful Mail or uh, Lunar or Snatcher or Echo the Dolphin or Sonic CD are all like just prime experiences. Yeah. And I, another thing I want to say about this game is that it is a detective story. We'll go into the plot a little bit, but uh, if you play it on emulator um, or if you play it on Sega CD proper, uh, you generally can aim with a controller uh, in a very interesting setup for the, the, the screen is designed is turns into a grid and you move your cursor to the portion of the grid that you want to aim at. But if you have the lethal enforcer gun, you can plug it in and then you just shoot at the screen and you have to like take out your gun because most of the game is story-based. It's not like all of a sudden you have these encounters where like robots jump out at you to attack you and you have to like scramble and get your gun off the couch which is such an engaging Kojima-esque experience where you are using the environment of the player's experience to add content to the game. Right. I fucking... Dudes, guys, Mm -hmm. gentlemen, this was an exceptional experience. It's so good. Should we talk about the plot? Uh, yeah, I, I do want to say on the the shooting Great. gallery real quick. While 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 you mentioned it, and Matt, I'd like to hear your thoughts because uh, I yeah. I think we were both playing it with a controller. I was using an Xbox controller on on my emulator. Yeah, PS4 for me. And it was like those sequences are not as fun on a controller. You have a separate button to, to try to simulate replicate what you're talking about. Scrambling to pick the gun up, there is a designated button that you have to do to draw your pistol, which you kind of have to do quickly. You um, have and to then- do that with the pistol itself too. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. So you have, yes. Yeah, so you have to draw you have to turn it and off then the safety. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. Um, and then, and then it's like you know, it's just a kind of a, a, in a couple of these sequences, one of which I died a bunch in. There's just kind of an unending sequence of a bunch of of robot, like you know, spiders, whatever the spiders yeah. were called. 
Um, that uh, yeah, insectors. What the fuck were yeah, they? Yeah, insectors. I think that's something it. like that. And you had you have to kill a you just have to kill an unending like like run of them, and it it just gets it, it's it's a drag and it's a like the the you know controlling with the I, the D pad I just didn't think was super it was super fun it, like the, those sections I felt like were kind of a, a bummer except yeah. the, the the sequences with the snatcher where it was actually a snatcher and it was like a hostage situation or something those were those were a little bit more engaging yeah those were more engaging but like yeah the immersion. Uh, that the the light gun would have given w- is not present if you're just using a controller because right. you're you already have your controller in your hand, so it's not like a completely different experience. You just push a different but- set of buttons instead of the ones you were already, um, you know, working on. But yes, uh, to, and, and yeah, the D pad because it turns into a grid where there are nine quadrants, so they have those like corner corner ones where you have yes. to press, you know left and down or whatever to or you know whatever combination uh to get to those and like those would always take me like a half second longer because it's not as precise yeah and it's also i I, the sega cd pad had a because you know the xbox one control i'm having is has just like a traditional uh, d-pad but that sega cd pad has like it's like an eight-way pad right it's got it's got the corner direction i think so yeah is that right heather the the wait no the sega cd what are you asking me? The Sega CD, has- like the gamepad for the 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 directional controller. It's eight ways, right? It's an eight way I mean, thumb pad. Look like this. It looks. Heather's I'm holding, holding it, it up. up. Holding. Yeah. It up so the yeah. It, it, I mean, it's it's a it's a D pad that's on top of like a circle, so the corners are a little bit easier to execute than they are on like a traditional just just four way plus uh, D pad. That Matt and I were using, so yeah, that that was a little clunky, but that but the the fucking story, which you're about to get into, Heather, and then the the graphic adventure elements, all the puzzling and the the detective solving, are uh, boy, what a fucking klutzy thing to say, puzzling and detective solving, you know, those two <laughs> things, those two classic game mechanics, but all that shit is so fun, and uh, let, let's get into the story. All right. Uh, you guys know how Terminator Two takes place in the future, but it's the past. Yes. Yes. Similar thing happens here. On June 6, 1996, a biological weapon known as Lucifer Alpha is developed in Russia, released into the atmosphere, resulting in the death of 80% of the population, which in turn results in the death of half the world's population. The contaminated area becomes uninhabitable for a decade when Lucifer Alpha mutates into a non-lethal form. This tragic event later becomes known as the Catastrophe. 50 years later, in 2047, a breed of artificial life forms or bioroids known as Snatchers began appearing in the artificial island of Neo Kobe City, killing their victims and taking their place in society. Nobody knows exactly what they are or where they come from. As Jillian Seed, an amnesiac working for an anti-snatcher task force called Junker, the <laughs> the player's goal is to track down the source <laughs> of the snatchers and discover G- Jillian's mysterious connections with them. It's a three act story. Wait, I knew what Junker stood for. Hold on, let, let me pull up the instruction booklet for this game is fucking incredible. It's yes, like, it's, it's really like a cool. Fifty page guide uh, that has so much exciting, uh, exciting detail in it. Like there's okay, Jap- Junker means Japanese undercover neurokinetic elimination ranger. Wonderful. 
Do you know what? Do you have the, the, the acronym for Jordan up? Jordan is the computer you use. There's a lot of acronyms in this. Jordan is the Junker Online Regional Data Access Network. Great. It, it's Jordan is it, when you're accessing the game, it's basically like using Microsoft Encarta, which I don't know yeah. if that was or, or was or wasn't ahead of its time. Uh, uh, Kojibo, but it, it is a mechanic is you like just go to a big supercomputer and look up information. And that's part of how you're you're doing your detective work. How do we what do we how do we even get into this? Because it's so <laughs> good and there's so much. Yes. Like there's so much fucking good shit. There's Kojima level shit. And then there's also plot stuff. It's just, it's great. First off, right out of the gate, the first note that I took down was Lucifer Alpha is a better name than COVID-19. Uh, <laughs> God, can you imagine if Lucifer Alpha was what was killing hundreds of thousands of people? <laughs> I think, well, if, if they had called it Lucifer Alpha, maybe people would be taking it a little more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing I wrote down. There's... Uh, like all Kojima games, there's a little bit of prescience in this. Uh, prescience? Prescience? I don't know which, however way you I say it. I don't know either. Um, uh, this is a story about a virus that is that has killed a bunch of people. Simultaneous to that, the Russians are trying to install a puppet replacement for the United yes. States president. So, I mean, look... I don't know what your politics are, but that's what's happening in the world. And, and you <laughs> yeah. got to deal with it. We have. A, and they might get their way with Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Guy who just does not pay attention to the news. <laughs> um, it's a uh, it, it, like uh, I will say that that the the virus is clearly uh, is meant to be it, like it's clearly like this comes from something that was made in the 80s and at, at, at the uh, near the peak of the AIDS crisis. It, it's clear. I think AIDS is even referenced in discussing the the virus or in discussing uh, other forms that other viruses that uh, that uh, uh, were before Lucifer Alpha and. The the you know all the Russia stuff is clearly like steeped in Cold War stuff, which Kojima loves like having the president in a story. He loves having he loves the Cold War, like just like the Cold War is such a, was clearly I think because generationally just such a thing in his head. I mean even even a thing that he explored at at length in in Metal Gear Solid Five, which came out this decade. It's like all like you know the, the, so this this is very much an outgrowth of, um, I mean like 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 assuming a Russian menace. Or, or Soviet menace was going to be, you know, what what the 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 uh, uh, that that wreaks havoc on the earth that 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 destroys much of it is like the the grave threat of the Cold War. Yeah, it's uh, it, the game feels very very 1988, uh, but right. also feels very like so so you know when like you set something in retro future nostalgia places. It feels exactly like the story that you would tell if you were making the game today and were like, oh, I'm going to make like a retro cyberpunk story. It's, right. It's it's awesome. It's great. Um, yes. Wh- can can we else? talk real quick? Because you mentioned Gillian Seed, uh, the the protagonist, which I think is a hard G, but uh, uh, but I could be wrong. But he is Gillian, Gillian. Seed. I, yeah, I yeah, love you're him. Right. His, Gillian. His, right. Gillian. <laughs> He's so fucking weird he's just a fucking weirdo <laughs> yeah. he reminds me uh, to, to some degree of francis york morgan uh the protagonist of deadly premonition just like that that you know weird lynchian character yeah but he's not he's in a very different way 
because he is an amnesiac, but he's not an amnesiac in like the kind of brooding, like like what is my past? Like you know, he's not the he's not the uh, I almost said Guy Fox, Guy Pierce from from. Memento. Memento, like that sort of uh, uh, that sort of classic amnesiac. He's not that. He's like an amnesiac who is just all lizard brain. He's just like, well, I don't know anything, but I know I like women and know I like to kill. Like he's just like all like just violence and horniness, and that's yeah. all that's going on. And he has no tact. He's just like like because he's forgotten all social mores. He like doesn't know anything. He's such a fucking weirdo, and he's delightful to have as a protagonist because he's just. He like does, he like makes weird decisions when you're when you're when you're like interacting with vendors and stuff. He's just an, he's just a weird dude. <laughs> so your options when you engage this the game are like look, investigate, talk, ask, uh, move. Like there's like a list of things at the bottom of the screen that you can choose from, and. Every the first thing you do is you like walk into Junker headquarters and there's a woman there. Her name is Mika. Uh, and you, <laughs> you, you like look at Mika because that's what you would do. And right. it's like, oh yeah, Mika's looking fucking hot today. <laughs> <laughs> what? And that continues every woman in the game, including his wife. He's married, yeah. including every woman in the game is just a knockout who he's extremely horny for immediately. It's so fucking bizarre. And when you investigate the 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 response from the machine from the from the game, it implies how you're investigating. So it'll be like it'll be like, Gillian, don't get so close to my neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the Jesus Christ. <laughs> so you get a sense of like if you made this as a film, the protagonist would nobody would want to like what do you call it when you associate with the protagonist? Like you, you sort of transfer, identify, like, identify. There it is. Yeah. Nobody would want to identify with this guy because he's a he. He's like a ham sandwich in a in a trench coat. Like he's just like <laughs> wandering through the world. Yeah, it, it's so. It, it's like if you made Blade Runner and the guy you cast as the lead was Tom Arnold. You'd be like. <laughs> What the fuck is this movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's it's a delightful choice. So, can I can I say like a maybe a meta commentary here about Kojima? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. either look the 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 directness with which uh Gillian is horny for chicks is either a representation of how Kojima feels about women or and and this is where I'm leaning because this is only like game three of his that I've played. Uh, it's what he thinks men think about when they meet a woman, but 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 like it's a performance of a thing that he's not experiencing. And yeah. if that's the case, mm. then I think that there's something more interesting about the relationship between, say, Sam's nudity in uh death stranding which is casual and mm-hmm. lingering and the way that he like ham-fistedly performs like whoa no a woman oh i've got a boner now it's <laughs> 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 like, like a guy talking like that you'd be like that guy's not attracted to women and not that i want to yeah. like not that I'm like trying, I'm not trying to out anybody. I'm just saying there's a very no. weird 
and I, I and I and I I'm all like I'm just asking a question, which is: Is it possible that this is what you think you're supposed to think when you see a chick, or is it what he thinks when he sees all chicks? Like I don't know. Yeah. Right. I that's, I wonder. Go on, Matt. No, I was gonna say that's interesting because part of it is also sort of like like that kid in the group of friends that hadn't had sex yet. It's like, yeah, I'd like just do, I do sex yeah. all the time. I love it. Right. It's my favorite. I, I can't stop doing it. Right. Like, like that kind of stuff. I got a blowjob from my mom this morning. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so the, uh, so the, my mom and dad, they take turns blowing me. I have sex, sex all the time. I have sex with my dog. Stop. Stop. So it, it's, yeah, I mean, like a lot of people have criticized Kojima for you know sexism and i mean i think it's fair you know a lot of the the uh, sp- speaking of horny we talked about how i talked about briefly how horny hades was and that's a game that's been talked about it, mm-hmm. it's horny just been talked about at length but uh, this is a thing that the that the great triple click podcast uh, an observation i heard on on that show check that out if you're looking for another gaming podcast um the uh, like the the good thing about the hades uh, set this overt sexuality in hades is it's kind of there's something for everyone like there's a bunch of different like like it's it's representing all genders and all body types like it's all kind of there. Mm-hmm. Now, Kojima tends to just like you know you'll you'll have like a good look uh, a good looking like protagonist type dude, but it, it tends to just ha- like sexualize uh, the female characters, and that that's definitely the case in this game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, but I I don't know what the motivation is. I don't know what well, maybe it's operating on both levels, Heather. Maybe it's like a character design of like a a woman he's attracted to, and then also like his idea of what sexuality is observed from a distance you know i have no idea i don't know it's just it's just a question that popped into my head like when i when i write about i mean if i if i try and write like straight relationships i don't write them this way and when (laughs) i so it's just very weird it's like yes it's it feels like it's calling attention to itself. And it was the same, like it was hinted at in Metal Gear, like when it's like the Diane or whatever, it's like, Snake, I I, I got to tell you something. And it was like, I don't, I've never met yeah. this woman. Like, I don't know what is happening. Or maybe it's just the sort of like lush, dumb, gamey romance that he loves. I don't know. Can we, okay, so let's keep, let's keep going forward. So, so you're at Junker headquarters. You talk yes. to a, you talk, you are, you meet up all the characters there. You, you meet the, uh, you meet Mika. You mentioned. You meet the, uh, the chief. You meet the engineer Harry, um, who's a great character, and you also meet who is going to be the sidekick and pretty much your constant companion for this game. Um, the, the, the second bit major character, Metal Gear. That's right, <laughs> Metal Gear. That's your sidekick in this game. His name is Metal Gear. Also, there is a um, reference to the fact that he's based on the Metal Gear designs or something. Yes, which means that Snatcher is a Metal Gear game. Like it it's takes in the, place it's in the Metal Gear continuity world. Yeah. Yes, and I, and I and I honestly feel like that. Like my thought as this was as I was playing through this is like 
I bet if they called this like Metal Gear Future and released it for the PlayStation, it would have sold like a like way better because I think it's just like the title is weird and people didn't know exactly what it was. Um, that said, I, I love that it's Snatcher. I love that it that that the in fact that it exists in the Metal Gear timeline is just kind of like a little toss in. Uh, but the sequence where you meet Metal Gear, I think, gives you a sense of who this character is. Which, if you've just heard us describe it, and your your only awareness of of uh, Metal Gear is the Metal Gear franchise, uh, the Metal Gear Solid series. You might be, in fact, you will be surprised by who Metal Gear is in this game. Matt, can we play this cutscene? Yeah, here we go. Metal, introduce yourself. Yes, sir. Pleased to meet you, Gillian. I am Metal Gear Mop 2. I am programmed to be your personal assistant. Metal Gear? That's a pretty weird name. Oh, he's cute. <laughs> uh, thank you. I think he's turning red. It's a so yeah, and then the, that se- that sequence continues, and they explain the the origin of the name that's based off the Metal Gear Mark II that was such a menace at the in the last century. Um, the the actor who plays the English language voice actor who plays Metal Gear, whose performance I really like, is uh, Lucy Childs. I think uh, it, it does a great job. But the it, it's like this little Metal Gear is this little this scared little weenie who's like. Uh, you know, uh, the si- he's basically Johnny Number Five from Short Circuit. If anyone remembers that that movie, like he's just like a little like 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 Rob the robot. I, what's another small? I guess R two D two is the 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 uh, a size comparison. He's like a little little yeah. droid who follows you around and helps you solve mysteries. And, he's and like it's crank. Like, Personality wise, yeah. he's uh, Tachikoma from Ghost in the Shell, which are the mm. uh, spider robots who are always very excited. It's it's not. It's not the same. It's like if you had a an enthusiasm chip for Metal Gear and you installed enthusiasm in him. But Tachikomas are like idiots who are like really excited to help out. Uh, and and Metal Gear is an idiot who's terrified of everything, even though he's a robot. And, um, and yes, and also and so it'll be an interaction. Will be like uh like watch out, Gillian. <laughs> you know, it's it's just like he's always warning you. Or he's always being scared, or he's warning. He's telling Gillian when he's being inappropriate, which is really fun. When it'll and be when, very often, <laughs> very often. <laughs> he also, yeah, Nick, you pointed this out. Like when you come across a corpse, and this game is so we've set up this like playful, fun tone, this cyberpunk adventure. This game is grisly. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it does chunky Edo shit. It's really um, graphic. And when you come across a, a corpse in the next scene, uh, you are investigating the disappearance of another junker. You go to a uh, an abandoned, what is it, factory on the outskirts yeah, factory of town. Yeah, you take your mm. hover car to get there and you're looking for clues. And I would love Matt to play my favorite song from this game is when you get a lead in the game uh, and you know stuff is about to get exciting the music always cues to this song. I'm like, Gillian will be like, oh no, his head is on the ground, but his body is leaning up against that pillar. And then Metal will be like, oh no, he's dead, Gillian. But what you're seeing on screen is really graphic, really graphic 16-bit art yes. of a torn apart corpse. 
And there are so many graphic, grim, awful corpses. There is a disemboweled dog in this game, which I've Disgusting. never seen in a video. It's yeah. <laughs> guts are hanging out. So gross. It's so grab. It, 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 it's so gross. I, I do want to say that first corpse you find, who is the other, like you mentioned, the other junker, um, at, at leaving Gillian as the lone junker after this guy's death, is his uh, he's decapitated and his head is on the ground in front of him and they specify that his head was twisted off <laughs> yes <laughs> imagine the torque necessary <laughs> to turn someone's head till you fucking unscrewed it like a pill bottle it's so fucking graphic do you think they did have to push down on it first <laughs> i think they did yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it, the gruesome gore throughout the uh, the other, you know, the, uh, the 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 dead dog is is. By the way, also, so the dead dog is this uh, this guy's dog, right? You go to you, this guy's dog. Wait, we need who, to go back before we get to oh, the dog. But go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I just want to talk, say this detail real quick. The dog is named Alice, and you find out that this guy, his wife died. And his wife was named Alice, so he named his dog Alice, which to me is a wild decision. Insane. A widower deciding that he wants to name his pet after his late wife? How do you explain that to people? It, 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 yeah, because like it doesn't even like, I mean, unfortunately... I don't. I hope I'm not spoiling anything for anybody. All pets eventually die too, so he's gonna have two dead things in his life named Alice at some point, <laughs> and like that's like just like that's psychotic. I would yeah. never want to hear that name again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there, so there, Kojima games are known for breaking the fourth wall. This game is no exception. Uh, beyond just referencing other video games like Metal Gear, as you are investigating this corpse you hear an alarm go off in the factory and Metal Gear asks you if you can hear it because it's really dim. And then he's like, if you can't hear it, maybe you should turn up the volume on your TV. And you're yes. like, oh, oh, okay, I'm, I'll do that. I, I'm, I'm game for, for what the game is going to do. You turn up the volume on your TV and almost immediately after you do it, there's a massive explosion where the factory blows up and it is deafeningly loud. <laughs> and then Gillian says, my ears are ringing. And then he adds, probably because I had the volume up on my TV. So he's also yes. me. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's aware that he's in a video game. It's so weird. I, I'm also I'm I should note I'm play, I was playing with headphones the whole time. So that was like a really it was like a Penn and Teller prank or something. <laughs> Getting my eardrums blown out, but it, it but it's fun. It's a fun moment, and it, and it's just like it's you know it's having it's it's mess it's playing around with the form, which is a part of what what I like about uh, you know the, these his designs. Um, yeah, so so yeah, you have this whole factory investigation, uh, and then the uh, sorry, continue, Heather. So then you have to go back to Junker headquarters to to do a little like online investigating, like look up yes. articles on the Jordan which is essentially your Wikipedia or your Encarta. And like Death Stranding's emails, which are tertiary, you don't read, I mean, like there's so much extra information about the world in that it feels loving. Like it's like, yes. here's the history of, of uh, political movements in the 21st century. Here's uh, a little background. Like it's, it, there are so many topics that don't actually do anything 
And then there are topics that you need to have read in order to answer clues uh, that are asked of you later in the game. And the next scene after this is, I believe you go to uh, the dead junk. What's his name? The dead junker? Uh, Gene Jack Gibson, I think. Mm-hmm. Gibson. You go to his house. Yeah, Gene Jack uh, Gibson. And his daughter is there. And she is. Uh, she asks you some questions. And the only way you can know those answers are if you investigate Gibson on the Jordan uh, yes. in order to find out more about what happened to him or who he was. Um, you actually have to, it's, it's kind of, if you, if you're, you know, if you're not playing using like a, 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 a walkthrough, uh, you, you actually have to like get the question and then go back to Jordan, enter the information, come back and answer it. And then she has more questions about herself. So you have to also go back and look her up. So it's like, you're basically going back and forth the headquarters to look things up on a, in a, in a, in a, a you know, in a computer encyclopedia, um, and the question she's asking about herself is where it like what is it what's a unique characteristic of me? And it's that she has a birthmark on her inner thigh, which is yep. just, you know, again, like pretty highly uh, sexually charged for, you know, is it uh, it's also is it shaped like a heart or something? Yes. It has some element like to it. Yeah. Yeah. She's a heart shaped yeah. birthmark on her on her inner thigh. Not subtle at all. Um so yeah, yeah. So eventually, you get through, and you have to, and and you interact with her. And this is a this is a teenage girl who is newly orphaned, and her, Gillian her, seeds. Her father's head has been twisted off. Twisted off, uh, by a by a snatcher. We later find out uh, one of these these uh, uh you know Terminator like characters impersonating humans, uh, uh, cybernetic killing machines, and. Her her mom is has passed away. It's just her alone in the house. She is eighteen years old, and Gillian's instinct is to immediately aggressively hit on her. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's, it's so insane. inappropriate. And he's married. He's a married. And he's man. married. He's a married and man. Me- yeah. Metal Gear reminds him of this often, and he's like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Can it, Metal Gear? Stop cock-blocking me. <laughs> no, I don't like that word. <laughs> um, it's a, it, but, all, but even his marriage is so weird because his wife also has amnesia, and they have, ma- deci- they have made a decision to do, like, the, you know, whatever, the, the conscious uncoupling. They have made a decision, like, we're going to live separate a little bit because we don't know who we are. And we don't know why we should be married, which is like kind of logically sound, but they still like they still have some like, you know, again, lizard braid connection. So they like each other. It's it's just such a fucking weird, weird experience, weird interaction there. If if Kojima was more in touch with um, like regular human emotion, that would be that's like that. Those are just seeds to a great rom-com. That sounds like two amnesiacs. Like, why did we trying to figure out why they fell in love in the first place? I would love right. to watch that movie. That sounds great. Yes. Yes. There are in this game, other than the horniness and the uh, insanity of like every human person in the game is a crazy person. Uh, <laughs> there are tons and tons and tons of sci-fi details that are so thrilling and cool uh, one of the details in the backs, uh, back of Gibson's house is that uh, instead of fencing, they have bushes that have been genetically engineered with razor wire for use in high-income residential areas. So it's, it looks like a bush, but if you step through it, it would cut you to pieces. That, 
that's a fucking great sci-fi concept. Yeah. I love it. And the game's full of that shit. It's it's awesome. Yeah, you 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 have a you have a video phone that you can make calls with. The video phone is is very I mean it's basically you're just FaceTiming and and it's and it's it's like a cool thing that you uh that you do throughout the game. Also, speaking of which, so the video phone, you know, you 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 get your wife's number from your apartment. By the way, you go into your apartment and like Metal Gear, like there's also this this interaction where Metal Gear like negs his apartment. He just talks about how shitty your apartment is yeah. and how pathetic <laughs> you are as a man. And then and then also Gillian f- throughout like will have I- instances like uh like you know uh, I guess I'm spending Christmas alone and Metal Gear's like I'll be there for you and he'll be like great what a lame <laughs> Christmas that'll be it's like, so he's just like shitty to him for no reason it's so it's so weird you so do have to, you do have to go to his house in order to talk to his wife because if you don't talk to his wife you can't initiate certain scenes later um, right. And it's great because you're trying to the game encourages you to sort of like develop this relationship with Jamie, even though you guys don't know each other anymore because you have amnesia. And so you're flirting with her like there's all these options of how to flirt with her, like what kind of date you might with very traditional um, dating sim like choices like I'll take you out for burgers and she'll be like, I don't know, Gillian, maybe it's not right. And you're like, oh, okay. But then later she'll be like, I wish we'd gone out for those burgers. Like yeah. <laughs> the game remembers which insane choice you made. Right. It's, I, look, I'm I'm not above saying that I fell in love with every woman in this game. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because, no, 100%. Because Gillian did too. Like, how could you not? Yeah. I'm, I'm jumping way ahead, but the ending is all of them hanging out together. Gillian, so his weird. wife. Is the secretary, the daughter of the beheaded man. Like, they're all friends and yeah. all flirty and, like, open about it. You're like, nah, okay. Yeah, it's it's a suggesting, like, almost like, hey, we're going to have this polycule now. It all works out for you. This is, like, <laughs> your dream. You have three beautiful women who are all, like, in love with you, and they're all cool with the others existing. It's so it's such a weird wish fulfillment. Um, so the uh, while we're talking about the apartment... I mean, this is jumping ahead a little bit narratively too, but we should talk a bit about the uh, the, the sequence that was censored in the um, mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, in the Sega CD release, which again was the version that we played. Uh, but this character again, Kat- Katrina Gibson, uh, the teenager who's who's Jean Jack's daughter, who uh, you know, dad was killed, mom is dead. Um, there's a point where you go back to your apartment and there's someone in your apartment and it's this whole like, like, oh, is it a snatcher? What's going on? There's this slow build to it, which is actually really well handled. And then you go into your bathroom and open the, uh, you know, again, the sci-fi, the sci-fi blinds, the uh, the electronic blinds to your shower. Um, and Gil- or Katrina, rather, is in there showering and he sees it and gets horny. It's it's like <laughs> insane. But, uh, the elements there of like, wait, so she went to his house, this guy that she just like had just met. She broke in and she di- decided to take a shower. Like it's like her logic is weird. And then his reaction is bananas. And then she puts on a towel and it's it's I guess in the you know, in the original version, like there was actual nudity in, in the, the censored version. She puts a towel on and you pointed out how she looks wearing this towel, Heather. Yeah. 
what did I say? I have no memory of it. Oh, what she's just say? got these fucking. She's she's got like she's uh, like a terry cloth like towel wrapped around her, and but her nipples are hard through the towel. <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> It looks like it's wet paper. Like yeah. it's not it's not a towel. No. It's like she took she took printer paper and like dr- like put splashed it in the puddles and stuck it to her body. And again, this is the same day that her father has died. So you <laughs> So you have seen like the fact that Gillian also sees a corpse of a man brutally murdered and then is like Hey, why don't why don't you let me see what's underneath that towel? Like, yeah. like dude is like six rums in in every scene. Like, <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you got underneath that towel? <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all investigative stuff here. We we talked about we talked about Jordan. The the you have a do a whole thing where you have to you find this contact Napoleon who you interact with. You have to actually look up the historical Napoleon to get facts that you can use to answer this guy's like trivia quiz to get to meet with him in person. Uh, you go meet him in person. He's a he's a contact uh, he's, that he's gets a you racist stereotype. Uh, yes, I, yes. I, we can't we can't fly past that. He's this right. This, he's a Chinese guy. And this game takes place in Japan. So ostensibly everyone is Japanese, except I guess Gillian is from Russia. And then you later find out, and I think this is a spoiler, but if you're listening to this episode and you haven't played Snatcher, stop right now, because I think we are still in the intro portions and you should play the game. But if you have already played the game, we're going to, we're going to fuck around here and talk about it. So Gillian is, uh, Gillian's an American. He's from the CIA. He was installed in Russia. But like everybody else you're supposed to meet in the game is is Japanese living in Neo Kobe. And well, they they specify and and some of this stuff is buried in Jordan. So it's so it's possible that you that uh, that you may not have seen it. But there's a lot of flavor text that's explaining that Neo Kobe city, which is where this is taking place is like this multicultural hub that there there's a lot there's a large chinese population there's a substantial western population i think the ethnic breakdown is like it's not like you know uh, 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 it's not like mainland japan and I, I think this is actually it's an isolated island so it's a uh, it, 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 i think i think they specify that there are characters of different um heritage oh, yeah, that said I'm, I'm looking at the instructions right now and mika slayton Graduated from Kobe City University with a double major in criminal psychology and municipal data management. Mika comes from a mixed Jewish and Japanese household. So, yes. so yeah, yeah. Th- so that there is there is there is like kind of a multi-ethnic, but also you know it's ambiguous. It's like a lot a lot of just anime styled characters that you maybe can't really uh, glean too much about the, what their ethnicity is unless it's in dialogue. But this character is distinctly Chinese, and it, it strikes me as that there's maybe some you know. Uh, Chinese xenophobia in the in the game of just like kind of like there's it's almost like meant to be oh it's dystopian that they're that all these Chinese people have moved to Japan like they I I don't maybe that I'm reading too much into it or, or or treating it too uncharitably but it does kind of feel that way to me um uh I I don't know maybe maybe that's completely off base uh that said this the yeah the caricature is very offensive yeah it's 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 not great it's not great. Um, but but that's not consistent throughout in how it treats its Asian characters. Like there is a there is an Asian Ameri- there is an Asian um 
uh, ramen dealer. He, I mean, he, I, it, he's like a, a, a Japanese ramen salesman. But then the way his voiceover is performed, I, I don't know if the guy just didn't see the art, but it's like characterized as like an old Jewish man. Mm-hmm. It's such a disconnect. It's really weird. So it's 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 kind of all over the place. Now that speaking of the ramen salesman, that was one of your favorite scenes in the in the whole game, right, Nick? Is um, I, yeah. There are, there are a ton of side uh, encounters that you can you can experience in Snatcher. Uh, a lot of them aren't necessary for the plot. If you investigate and talk to everybody and ask everybody you can, for example, in a city square, you can get the phone number for a sex hotline. You can get the phone number for Konami itself. If you call Konami great. on so your video phone, it talks about how good a game Snatcher is. Uh, yeah, it's like, so great. <laughs> it's, it's, the, the game is like got a, a ton of shit. Well, hold on. I want to see if I pull up the... Um, yeah. Uh, here's what it says when you look up, when you call Konami. I'm sure everyone has seen a movie, read a book, or heard music that stays with you and you'll never forget. Snatcher is that type of work. I hope it is for you, too. <laughs> like, they're selling you <laughs> on the game that you've already pu- purchased. Yes. Um, but one of these side side quests, if you want to call it that side quest, is uh, eating some pizza soup. Yes. So there's there's a thing called Neo Kobe style pizza, which is a basically a pizza that is dropped into soup. Uh, it's it's I can't, I can't even necessarily call these side quests. They're kind of just optional interactions. But if you are playing with a guide, you should like try to, to find these and and because they're they're all worth it. They're all fun and, and bananas. Um, so this is the one. This is a, a chunk of the sequence where uh, Gillian and Metal Gear uh, try Neo Kobe style pizza. I wonder what the problem is. I want my pizza. Where's my pizza? What's the problem? Yours not coming back up? My pizza? Hey, really sorry about that. Happens every now and then. You'll forgive us there, won't you not, buddy? <sighs> Gillian, perhaps we should go. My Neo Kobe pizza. It sank just like the rest of this city's gonna... Let's get going, Gillian. I can't believe that. I'll never waste my money on one of those stupid things again. I can't even figure out what the dish is supposed to be, but it so, seems to suggest that it is a it is a soup with a pizza slice floating in it. Yeah. Yes. In the in the Japanese version, you dri- you dip octopus in, which makes sense. Makes but in sense, order yeah. to localize it, they were like, "Oh, let's make it pizza. Americans love pizza." <laughs> but they didn't like change anything else about the recipe so you dunk <laughs> pizza into your soup <laughs> and, it, and then hope for it to come up to the it's i mean it kind of sounds delicious if the yeah. soup was right if it was like a tomato broth okay mm-hmm. hold on let's let's negotiate here if it's a tomato soup and you dip a pizza into it we might be on to something guys that you sounds do a great tomato ramen yeah, that sounds great with a little parmesan on the top and you dip a slice of pizza in i'm making this tonight <laughs> I'm sure someone's I'm sure someone of a super fan has made this dish, but it, it's so it's just like, again, just very, very surreal uh, stuff. I mean, the, the the other Metal Gear references in this, you know, Outer Heaven is the uh, is the name of a strip club you visit, which also has a bunch of fourth wall stuff. There's a bunch of Konami characters or it's actually it's a masquerade you're going to and a bunch of the a bunch of the uh, patrons inside Outer Heaven, the strip club are 
dressed as Konami characters. So like, you know, dressed as a, a as a, a Simon Belmont and Dracula from Castlevania. It, it's it's and you can interact with them. There, there's um, Konami characters and there's also a couple anime characters that are just from yes. like other unlicensed properties. Uh, but you'll get like specialized text. It'll be like, oh, look, that fellow is dressed as a character from the controversial video game Lethal Enforcers, which you have to own if you have the light gun, because that's the only way to get the light gun for the game. Um, I don't know, man. Like it's it. it, it, (laughs) There's there's more from that scene. Uh, Metal asks, like, what's Lethal Enforcers? And Gillian goes, it caused quite a stir in the 1990s when two senators from the United States started a two-man crusade against video game violence. Those two same senators were later voted out of office. (laughs) Uh, Like, I I don't know. That shit's charming, right? Yes. Yeah, I think it's great. I like it a lot, and and you know it's it's also in in the game that has so many grim moments. Like this could just be like unrelentingly, you know, dark, but it has so much levity in it that those those moments. I mean, honestly, those moments seem more hyper violent because they're just surrounded. You know, I I wonder. I don't know if this was contemporaneous with Total Recall. It feels like the same sort of time. Mm. There's also stuff about like exploring a Mars off-world colony, which feels like you know again very adjacent to that. But but that's the same sort of thing of just like it's got this very colorful palette. Uh, it's got this very um, uh, uh, you know, and it, it's got like sort of a lot of stuff that's just like weird, um, and uh, and and you know, funny at times and. But it, it, but it's surrounded by some some really hyper some really uh, intense hyper violence. Um, by the way, at the strip club, this is a thing where like you know you 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 interrogate one of the you interrogate the dancer who is a famous actor. It seems like she's a famous actor who's also dancing at the club, and uh, and you can get her number here. And but you have to get her number. You have to like ask her the same question like six times in a row or something you like have to just keep pestering her until she relents yeah you keep asking her on a date i think yes just over and over and over and over and over again and if you were playing without a guide you would have no concept that you like you'd have to be a maniac to just keep (laughs) asking her for a number uh unless you unless you knew that there was like a way to get there otherwise you're, you're yeah you'd be a lunatic um, uh, her name is Isabella Velvet, and she is a she is an award winning film actress. So it's it's uh, you know it, it it's uh, but I like I like all that stuff. I was gonna say that the uh, the uh, you know you you get a mask from outer heaven. Um, uh, the 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 what ends Act One, which is all basically it seems like taking place on on one day. That was my concept at the time. What ends Act One is a is a. Uh, you know, confrontation at an apartment where you have to do a bunch of in- a combination of investigation and combat where you're you are uh, looking for a suspected snatcher and you have a couple of candidates and you go to, to the one guy's apartment. He's not the snatcher. He's a drug dealer. You go to the other guy's apartment and uh, he, he his wife is there and his wife is also a snatcher, which you find out. And when you blow her away, it is upsettingly violent like you like blow her face off and there's just like robot skull underneath. And so it's just like this faceless, like, you know, like Terminator skull, a uh, woman's corpse on the floor. And then you have a, a showdown with the husband as well. Uh, Mary was sitting next to me during when I was playing that scene. And she was, I think, reading a book. 
And she looked over at the screen and went, oh, my God. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so graphic. Yeah. Uh, speaking of graphic, there was a uh, uh, Kojima tweeted about this game and he wanted to add an additional layer of immersion to it. But uh, they decided that that they couldn't do it, uh, which is that he wanted to use a kind of paint. This game was originally for a disc based system like disc drives. Uh, and he wanted to use a kind of paint that when it was heated up by the uh, computer's disk drive, it would stink of blood. So wow. about the time you got to your first murder scene, your room would start smelling like blood. And uh, I guess uh, Konami was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I would lose my mind. Um, it, I would say that. So, so you have the sequence. Uh, the uh, the uh, uh, it, it, you you kill this guy's wife. The guy comes in. He tries to put you in a chokehold. Uh, he gets, uh, and you're about to be uh, uh, killed by him until. A new character comes in, enters, blows him away, a bounty hunter. It's established earlier that bounty hunters exist alongside junkers. Junkers are kind of like the authorized version. Bounty hunters are kind of the uh, operating on the fringes of the law, but permitted versions of uh, of your profession, hunting down snatchers. Blows the snatcher away. And this guy is Random Hajil. And Random's great. And Random becomes a pivotal character who kind of th- shows up throughout and then factors in heavily in the climax. Random's design and jacket are ripped straight out of Dune, the 70s movie. Like, he yes. looks exactly like a guy from Dune who just showed up at the apartment to save you. And his name is Random. So, like, it's like, who is that? Well, that's Random. Great. Great. Great bits. <laughs> Excellent work. Yeah. Um. And then it, th- there's a thing that happens, which, you know, I I really, we, we were talking about Death Stranding. I talked about how great that game was at giving positive feedback. And wh- it makes you feel like a hero as you're playing, because everyone's just telling you what a good job you're doing throughout. At the end of each act, you get a, or, or rather at the start of, at the end of an act and the start of the next act, you get a recap sequence that is like a previously on that I found similarly satisfying of just like, man, this is so awesome to hear all the shit I did uh, just recounted in detail. Uh, at the beginning of Act Two, you get it from the chief, and let's hear a little bit of this sequence. Okay, let's try to sort all this out. Metal Gear, would you mind helping out? Not at all. Now projecting recorded video images. Gibson calls in, and you two immediately head for the abandoned factory in the M District. But when you arrived, Gibson had already been killed by someone, or something, at the factory. From hair and skin samples recovered from his body, you determined that the perpetrators were two snatchers, one male and one female. In addition, so this this goes on for some time. Yeah, but listen to that fucking music, man. It's so great. Gibson was apparently killed. Uh, the crucial flaw in the Snatchers, which I don't know if we've gotten to yet, is that their skin is very vulnerable to UV light. So they can't be out in the sun. They're like Draculas. They have to be, uh, you know, at, out at night or in the winter or underground or else their skin will rot. Uh, and they're actually they'll, they'll actually develop skin cancer. Um, and uh, and that becomes a, a, a crucial thing that you're exploring in Act Two, the, the, the next day of the investigation. 
There are only three acts in the game. There were originally planned, I believe, six acts. Uh, So the story feels a little bit truncated. You you feel like you are just starting to understand the world and the circumstances. And then you have a 30-minute to 40-minute cutscene with the final boss, question mark, uh, who just explains everything to you. Yes. And then the game ends. But there are a couple twists in that explanation that are so satisfying and absolutely batshit that yes. that I think Weiger texted us, holy shit, my jaw dropped when X happened. Yes, I, there, there's a there's a thing that happens in Act Three. We're kind of we're kind of glossing over Act Two, which is just you know like the investigation keeps going. Um, Gillian learns what's actually going on with the Snatcher. We talked about the president being you know taken over by imposter. We're basically learning that the Snatchers are inserting themselves into positions of power, and they are intentionally looking out for humans who have you know. A, a, uh, presidents and uh, mayors and uh, business leaders, they are intentionally looking out for prominent people with power whose bodies they can take over so they can ultimately control the the levers of power across the globe, and including, yes. When you are investigating uh, the Snatcher's base, which is underground, of course, because they cannot be out in the sunlight, you come across several graphic and disgusting corpses. And one of those corpses covered in maggots is... Again, if you're listening this far and you haven't played the game, I'm telling you, stop the podcast, find an emulator, or go out and get a Sega CD copy. Don't do that. They're ridiculously expensive. Uh, <laughs> and, and play the game. But if you you don't give a fuck, then here it is. One of the corpses belongs to the chief. And this, uh, by the way, I'll just say the way the sequence is paced, this narrative is paced, uh, uh, this this cutscene, I really like. Because basically Metal Gear is going through and he is scanning each of these corpses for details of like, this is the time of death. This is who they are. And as he goes through it, he he identifies in sequence four key characters. And like, you know, like the, like the, the first one is one you know. The second one is like, I think a one you also knew. The third one is one you maybe suspect or a character you haven't met yet. And the fourth one is a twist. And and it, it's just great the way that's paced out, and it's great that the last one you land on, you know, the what the the maggoty most recent corpse is the which also just looks disgusting. It's stomach churning. Um, it is the chief himself. So you go back to the chief who gave you that very recap. So you go go back to Junker headquarters. Uh, you have a showdown. Um, and there is a uh, Harry who is the engineer who gives you Metal Gear. Uh, is uh, mortally wounded. And uh, and you have to have the and uh, Mika is being held hostage and you have to have this whole showdown with the chief himself. Who is a snatcher. Yeah, it's uh, also um, Mika is in order to be a hostage in this uh, situation. She's not being held by the chief. She is chained up uh, BDSM style with yes. uh, her midriff showing it's not even the hostage scene is horny as fuck. Yeah. Um, but you both. Gillian's like, maybe after I kill this guy, I can take you out. <laughs> you Gil- Gillian, try to concentrate. <laughs> you blow the chief's brains out. Like just yes. destroy. Also, it's only headshots in this game. So anytime you execute somebody, their head right. explodes. Yeah, it's zombie rules. You ha- the only way to kill a snatcher is to shoot them in the brain. Yeah. 
And then you discover that your wife is being held hostage by snatchers. Yes, she's being held hostage in a facility. There's a bunch of stuff. Again, we talked about how all the the you know the Soviet connection, all the Cold War stuff, and that there's a bunch of uh you know things you find throughout things seeded throughout that that indicate a Russian Soviet connection. Um, and you have to f- sort of figure out like, wait, there is a place that's like the Kremlin that the that is the Snatcher base that's inside Neo Kobe City, and that's where you have to ultimately go for the for the third act, which as Heather mentioned is is brief and truncated. But I did like the length of the game overall. I thought it oh, didn't yeah. overstay its welcome, and it's very very it, it, it's like very engaging throughout. There's nothing that really drags. Um, but the but the Act Three revelation we talked about that's earlier is Harry, who is the engineer, who you have seen be brutally killed died in your arms and is also older than Gillian and, and Gillian's wife, Jamie, uh, like, like an older guy. He's like in his fifties. He is their son. And it turns out that, that he was in, he along with, uh, it, it turns out that, that Gillian and Jamie had this kid when they were younger, he's got a photo of just himself torn from a family photo that he shows you, and he thinks he recognizes Gillian from earlier, but he doesn't know from where, that the the CIA mission that Gillian was on, uh, where Jamie was working as a scientist in, in the Soviet Union, that's how they met. This was working back on the, in the day on the, the what would be the prelude to the, the precursor to the Snatcher Project. During that operation, they were both frozen cryogenically for 50 years and then brought out a freeze a, a half a century later with amnesia and uh, in the midst of the snatcher crisis. It's so, but like this guy is your this guy is your son. It's such yeah. a fucking fucking bananas thing, and it just was. I found it, it was just shocking. I was like, I can't believe they did this. So the you, you don't even get a moment of closure. You don't even no. like he never knows. He just dies, and you just know that your son grew up to be a guy who never found his parents and then died in your arms. And that's just like, and then Gillian's just like, uh, all right, well, let's keep going. It's it's wild. <laughs> he, he's like, do I want to date my son? <laughs> <laughs> I also want to say there was a moment where uh, you're running down a hallway looking for your wife and she appears in the shadows. And if you, (laughs) which I did, if you think or suspect that maybe you're being tricked and she's a snatcher, you pull out your gun and you blow her away and then she dies in your arms and he's like, what have I done? And then the game ends. <laughs> yeah, because it's brought up like it's a shooting gallery. And so your instinct is like, oh, it's a snatcher. But no, the you're, it's brought up like a shooting gallery and you're supposed to not shoot until the timer elapses. And then it turns out it actually is your wife. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, I killed my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, you have the, you have the super long cut scene where Doctor Madner uh, explains everything. Oh, wait, is it Doctor Madner? Yeah, Doctor Madner because Madner? Madner, yes, yeah. and and it's his. He's the son. His dad is this esteemed scientist who's also there and alive and like a hundred years old. 
Modnar used to be the same age as you, but now he's old as shit because he was only he was he wasn't cryogenically frozen or he got out of his pod after only a couple of years. And he explains the whole the whole conspiracy was to use the pandemic to kill off most of the world's population and then replace them with snatchers. And that's what's been in process. So these two things were connected the whole time. Um, meanwhile, there's this conference going on in Neo Kobe that Mika is rushing towards to make sure that. Uh, you know, th- uh, that they don't nuke Neo Kobe because they're deciding to nuke Neo Kobe there, right? That's right. what's going on. Right, because th- there's such a snatcher problem in Neo Kobe that the UN or whatever is deciding whether or not to wipe Neo Kobe off the map so that they can eliminate the snatcher menace once and for all. The, the, it's like in Kyoto, right? It's like it's in a different yeah. city, is where is the conference. Um, but then they what ends up happening is that Random Hajil shows up. Random Hajil is. <laughs> Wait, Random Hajil was the son, right? So he's no, he's a snatcher based yes, on that's the right. son when he was younger. That's what it is. Yes. So so the showdown is between um a man obsessed with snatchers and a snatcher obsessed with justice. And the man obsessed with snatchers is is forcibly restrained by his his doppelganger who is a snatcher. While Metal Gear shows up covered in plastic explosives. Yes. He's going to blow up this base so that the UN doesn't kill or Kobe or Kyoto or whatever the fuck it was so, so that they don't nuke Neo Kobe. And, right. uh, and he uses a laser guided satellite to ionic beam the 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 factory from or yeah. the, the hideout from space and save the day. Yeah, Ranabajil is his la- his name is Elijah Modnar, who is the the villain of the game that you find in Act Three. It's it's his name backwards, and then his dad, who is a good guy, uh, was uh, Petrovich Modnar, who is a name that you know that name's also in in Metal Gear, uh, the the game. It's uh that guy is that guy built random Hajil based off of his son and he's the first snatcher or he's like the the ultimate sna- no he's a better snatcher he's like an upgraded snatcher yeah it's so it's so fucking confusing but I loved it I loved every second of it I love that 40 minute cut scene that just explains all of it that's not even the ending there's gameplay after that um and then we talked about that weird act 3 coda so metal gear sacrifices himself uh, blows himself up, but then he returns at the end. Uh, he has reconstructed himself. By the way, we didn't touch on Little John. The the other thing that's that actually oh, really yeah. bummed me out in this game. There's another Metal Gear named Little John who was destroyed earlier. Um, and he is the uh, 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 he is Gene Jack Gibson's uh, equivalent of a Metal Gear. His little Robo sidekick, and he is just like fucking dismantled. And it's just, it's just like it's just like it's such a bummer. It's like oh man, that could ha- that basically happened to Metal Gear, but Metal Gear shows up, and he's reconstructed himself uh, as like a little wheeled thing, but part of his body is a Sega CD, like as a Sega CD console. Yeah, it's it's just like made me laugh out loud. I was like, this is <laughs> sure, why not? In, in the year twenty forty seven. So yes, <laughs> his head it has to be where his data is stored. And his wheels are attached to the bottom of the Sega CD. So the Sega CD is essentially just an empty box that he's riding on top of. Um, it's it's great. I mean, I don't. I, I I feel like we could talk about this game for the rest of our lives. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, you know, we haven't even really gotten into uh, to a lot of the the puzzles, which I think are a lot. There are a lot that are really cleverly constructed. Um, uh, you know, some of the things like the po- the the putting together the 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 um, composite sketch in, in Jordan is maybe a little obtuse. But, uh, but a lot of the other ones I thought were like, it you know, uh, it, figuring out a lot of the clues from the the clues from the environment and conversation. I thought were, were very, very satisfying. Um yeah, it's fucking great. There's a photograph that you get of Olean Hospital, and you have to try and figure out what the actual name of uh, Olean Hospital is, knowing that the um, Olean is either missing a couple of letters or uh, some of the neon in the sign is is busted. So yes. you go through a million different things, and uh, you actually go to an Olean Hospital, which turns which tur- is a misdirection. Just turns out to be an animal hospital where people have a bunch of designer pets, like they have a dog that has had its vocal cords removed so it can't bark, and they have a penguin, which has been engineered to live in temperate climates. It's like, you know, just a just a, a little bit of weird flavor futurism, but that's all a, that's all a red herring. Um, and uh, yeah, you, you figure out that Olean Hospital actually is something else entirely. It's, it's Queen's Hospital. Yes. Which if you draw it on a piece of paper and, and also they show the photograph and you're like, oh, I get it. It's it's Queen's Hospital. It's Queen's Hospital. Um, the, I like the puzzles. They were, yeah, they it's were great. just enough puzzle to not be miserable. Mm-hmm. Yes. And a lot of the stuff and you do feel like a detective. It's not like it's just like a lot of puzzle solving. You do get to do a lot of detecting, which is just like asking questions, I- investigating the environment. Um, uh, and I think that all that all works really well. And it, it's I just had a I had a fucking blast. And I guess you're right, Heather. We could talk about this all day, but we should just get to our review crew. Review crew. Wait, is that, is, don't we say final thoughts? We would say our final thoughts and then you say review. It doesn't matter. Can we before that? I have a question. Yes, I mean we could. I think we'd, we'd say our would time to for our final thoughts at the review crew, but we can just say review crew and review crew. Okay, it's a final thought. Yeah, <laughs> final thoughts are in the review. Final crew. thoughts. Review crew. Anyway, so uh, I'm wondering if this is possible. Yes. Um, I would like to call from the uh, from the snatcher um, book from the snatcher. Uh, what do you call instruction manual? Yes. Um, I want to call the Konami game hint and tip line and see what happens now. Okay. Thing to use has been restricted or is unavailable. Please contact customer care for assistance. Message TX002 65. What if that code activated someone listening <laughs> to this? <laughs> So it turns out if you have any questions about Snatcher, you cannot call the Konami hint and tip line. It's time for our final thoughts. It's the review crew. <laughs> review crew. Review crew. We're going to each say something positive about the game, give it a numerical score that represents our values that we have assigned to am i doing that part right nick you're doing the values great we have ascribed to our subjective experience of somebody else's art form um i now feels like you're making fun of me it, we're just gonna put a number to our feelings uh <laughs> so okay <laughs> so there is a scene in this game 
there's so much to love. I could. There are two more tracks that I that I selected for for Matt Apodaca to play. You want to just play like two seconds of each of them? Just of course. So nice, so nice. Um, here's one uh, called "The Cure," which just got a smooth jam. So excellent, good. excellent. Uh, and then the other song I'd like to play is from the end credits, which can be underneath. Here's how I'll, I'll layer this. It will be underneath my story of one of the things that I love. So at a part of the game, you get into your turbo cycle, which is a flying car, and the brakes have been cut. And you have to try and engage the machine and turn it off while you're flying and you're plummeting towards your death. Your options are like press button, scream, try to get out of the car. Metal is like, you can't get out of the car. You, you, you'll you die. If you get out of the car, you'll die because we're going so fast. After you have engaged enough options, the menu changes and it says, pray to God. <laughs> <laughs> and you press it and he prays to God which then adds an additional option to the menu, which Gillian notices on the menu itself. Like he says, there's an additional menu item. Click that. Yes. I fucking loved it. Like when Pray to God showed up, I was like, I, what else do I want in a game other than to press X to pray to God? <laughs> uh, snatcher for me. Is it 10? Wow. It snatched my heart. Very, very good score. It snatched my heart. Very good score for Mather. Snatched it. Replaced it with a robot heart. (laughs) 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 Snatcher also snatched my heart. I was going, I mean, that was one thing I was thinking of talking about as as a a thing that stood out to me. That sequence is very fun when random Hajil ends up rescuing you when your, your car is, your turbo cycle rather is out of control. Um, so I'll, I'll go, I'll audible and I'll say something else. Uh, the, uh, the game begins with something that I actually posted on social media because I thought it was, it's so great. Uh, first off, you get the standard disclaimers of like, this is, this is fictional. This is not based on anyone living or dead, which is uh, unnecessary. Like it's so, (laughs) (laughs) so clearly (laughs) fictional. But that then you get the, you get this before uh, the game begins. This story is dedicated to all those cyberpunks who fight against injustice and corruption every day of their lives. Aged great, I love it. <laughs> it's great. I mean, because it's 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 awesome. Then and you know, uh, like like fuck it, you ended up being you know a little bit prescient there in terms of there are a lot of uh, there are people who are hacking who are doing good work and and. Um, and 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 you know fighting for uh, uh, those kinds of values and uh, but I just like it's such a fun fun little bit uh, of, of setup there. I love this game. I was playing it. I started playing it, and I was like, you know, my my initial thought was like, oh, this will be like Zone of the Enders. This will be like a little Kojima like like fun thing to you know experience and 
uh it, it it's like interesting to know but it's not like his his big thing but i just like i think this is one of my favorite uh, things he's ever made it, it's it's unbelievable it's like so good it's it's a, like i said earlier immediately one of my favorite graphic adventures ever and i love graphic adventures um aesthetic so pleasing uh the the story is great and i i mean the only thing i disliked is the shooting uh, but this game's to me is like a miracle. I I loved it. I I, I wanted to play it ag- I, again. I started playing it, and I was like, you know, my initially I'm like, oh, maybe I'll play a little bit of this, and since it's not super interactive, I'll just watch a playthrough for the rest of it. I ended up playing the entire game. I, I played all of it. I played each act over three separate days, and and it was so so satisfying. One of my best gaming experiences of this year. A great year for games. So I'm gonna be with heather campbell i'm gonna say i was gonna go lower but fuck it why not 10.0 is a great game Woo-hoo! this is like this is like gonna be one of my favorite games wow a- a- and you know this podcast sucks a lot of the time um to, i mean <laughs> it just always general. Al- <laughs> oh, yeah always to listen to yeah <laughs> uh no i mean to do like because a lot of times we're playing games that are broken or mm-hmm. you know uh, clunky or just unfun or like the story sucks or is like offensive like there's like this one is just like this is just an absolute joy and this is a game i heard about for decades and i probably would have never played if not for this podcast and i'm so glad i got to experience it because i thought it was a fucking masterpiece i love snatcher uh matt what do you think so yeah i mean uh i feel like i'm on record as saying that like it's not this is not like exactly like a text adventure but like graphic adventures in general are not my type of game right so going into this game knowing that we didn't necessarily love um, last week's game, uh, Metal Gear, uh, going into this one, I was like, okay, well, this is another older one. Is this right. going to be as clunky of an experience? And it's a text, you know, and it's an adventure game. I, I, I was, I came in thinking I was not going to enjoy myself. I loved playing this game. I immediately, when you guys were talking about earlier that you wished it, uh, you know, if it had come out this year, it would be like one of the best games. I I was thinking the same thing. I would I I hope somebody's listening that can do something about it. Port the damn thing, baby! Yeah. Everyone deserves to play this game. It is so so good, so imaginative. It's like it's exactly what I don't know. I feel like it's just like distilled down to like its most basic elements. It's exactly what makes Hideo Kojima Hideo Kojima. It right. is like exactly. Because like when we were talking, when you guys were talking about the plot, I was thinking about this. So I was like, if nobody, if you had no context for this man, you would think you were losing your mind listening to a description <laughs> of the plot of this game. <laughs> like if you just like happen to listen, like, or, you know, walk by, you'd be like, well, those are certainly words I understand, but I don't know what they were talking about. Um, this, I don't know. It's like the most, it's, it's the most Hideo Kojima game I've played that isn't Death Stranding. And mm. I loved it. So I loved it so, so much. Um, I I mean, I'm going to give it a 10 as well. Wow. 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 We did it. I, I don't feel like this has happened before. Didn't it happen with Stranding? Oh, did we all give Stranding 10.0s? I think we I love think Kojima so. here. I guess we, we, we do. Him. I guess we, we do. We can't stop giving him. 
Ten although, out of t- ten out of a million. Although teaser teaser, my experience with Metal Gear Solid Two so far has not been positive, so Uh-oh. I can't imagine wow. giving it giving it a ten. But we'll see what happens over the course of the next week. I'll be interested what you think of it, even if the gameplay isn't clicking for you. Ultimately, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts story wise, because I feel like that's a thing that's going to connect with you. But I, I'll, I'll let you experience it. Yeah. Um. And hey, those were our thoughts on Snatcher. We all loved it, but maybe we're wrong. Maybe we were wrong. We've got some uh, reviews from the internet, from all corners of the internet, people that just don't like anything. And uh, this week, (laughs) they did not like Snatcher. Um, I have a, uh, a review here from Video Games Magazine in January 1995. Uh, so this is a contemporary review. I see Nick's face falling. Did he also choose this review? Great. Um, I don't know why uh, I shook my head. I could have just said no. Video, it's a podcast. Video games, six out of ten. Touted as an intense, violent, extensive RPG game, Snatcher almost lives up to its promise. It's a good adventure game, but tries a little too hard to be cute and intense at the same time. As a result... Game's difficult to become involved in. Nothing mind-blowing, but the story's interesting and unfolds rapidly enough to keep you playing, but it suffers from the cuteness of other Japanese RPGs, (laughs) perhaps more so than most because of its heavy subject matter. Ron Doolin. So this guy, this guy did not, like the the sensibility, the tone of this game, which makes it so enjoyable, where you're like dipping pizza into a bucket of broth, like, that's right. the fun of the game. <laughs> this guy was like, no, too cute. Too cute. I, I have a post from the Game Facts message board. Uh, and uh, I actually didn't find too many uh, interesting, you know, pans of uh, of this game. But I thought this was a fun little, uh, little post uh, and reply here. So... Uh, the uh, this is uh, this is a post from Alley Gamer from the Game Facts message board 11 years ago. So I mentioned the Jordan computer where you can look stuff up. And... Uh, I, and we mentioned that there's a bunch of fourth wall breaking in this game, and maybe this guy, Ali Gamer, anticipated this, because he wrote this up. I put Konami in the Jordan comp, and it makes a, be- a beepy noise. What does that mean? And the person who replied, called No Identity, writes, That code does nothing. End of discussion. <laughs> <laughs> so harsh. Like he's sick of talking shutting about it. down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also have a total rave from GameFan. This is another contemporaneous one, courtesy of uh, JunkerHQ.net, which has a lot of great Snatcher uh, content up there. And I, 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 this is, I mean, they love the game, so as did I, but I just thought this was interesting to, to hear someone from the era talk about how great it was. Simply everything about this game is totally perfect, from the beautiful graphics that haven't lost anything in the conversion fi- from 512 colors to 64, uh, uh, porting it to, to Sega CD at a, a smaller palette, to the music, which is actually better on the Sega CD, to the flawless narration and voice acting. It's also one of the longest, most involving games I've played in quite a long while. If you have a Sega CD, you owe this game to yourself. Konami rocks. And that's by Nick Rocks. So there you go. Oh shit! Uh, but Nick Rocks, I worked with him. Hey, he there was, you go. He was an employee at Play Magazine, I think. Nick Rocks. Uh, wow. Yeah. Great name. Yeah. People don't say that about me. 
<laughs> they tell um, you to kick rocks, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just want to reiterate Matt, uh, Matt's point of just like this is especially just as a as a bit of Kojima history. Like it's like I and this game would play so well on like a phone or like a tablet, like because it's just a fucking, you know, it, you could do everything with a touch screen, even the shooting mini games like like this. Give uh, I'm the port king. Give us a port. I'd love to have I'd love to have a remastered version of this for switch or something. Um, do you have any more reviews, Heather? I, I have one from Destructoid that just says that Snatcher might have one of the worst interfaces ever this this uh, reviewer has ever seen. Uh, but I'd I'd rather read something that that I saw on Amazon. Uh, normally on Amazon, there's you know a couple one star reviews uh, mixed in with your fives, your fours. Yes. Um, no matter what the title for Snatcher, it is 100% five star reviews. Um, but one of them goes like this. I tell it like it is. Okay, F it. I'm 37 years old and I've played a lot of games in my life. By a lot, I mean more than most people should if they want to or care to live a happy and healthy life. Anyways, <laughs> what compels me to write this review or say my two cents are two factors. One, I'm faded right now, so I don't give an F. Oh. Two, Wow. After reading the instruction manual, I can say without a doubt, this may be the best video game adventure I've ever journeyed to. I haven't even played the game yet, but I can tell you this thing is probably a masterpiece. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, it, it continues and goes on and goes on and goes on, but uh, it says, so in conclusion, if you never hear from me again, it is because this game changed my life. For the better, I hope. If the game turns out to be no good, I'll be back to tell you so. Give me one month or consider it the greatest game ever made. Today's date is March 29th, 2017. See you in the future or don't. Wow. Wow. And no follow-up. No follow-up. Hmm. So, uh... I wonder what happened. That that man's life was changed. Maybe a snatcher got to him. Hmm. Twisted his head off like an American macro brew. <laughs> Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's time for the question block. All right. This one is from at Travis Clark to our email. Uh and Travis writes, Hi players. Do you that's nice. I like that. Uh um, I like that. What's up, players? Uh do you think there are any modern games that would be improved by a Wiimote or a nunchuck control scheme? I've been thinking a lot about how great the Resident Evil 4 port was on the Wii, and it has me wondering what today's equivalent would be. Hmm. I mean, I on, I guess, hey, you know what? This game would work. You could do the shooting sequences yeah. with the Wiimote. Yeah. I, I never, I mean, I never loved that. I never loved doing the, the, you know, where I was, I was controlling with the analog stick and I was like swinging a sword or I was like aiming, you know, aiming a gun with the Wii remote. Like, I, I, I think, I don't know, that never really clicked for me. I was never like, like, oh, I wish this was in more games. I thought it was going to work great. And then in practice, it was the kind of thing that I, I just found exhausting. Um, but I don't know. Anything come to mind for you, Heather? Wiimote for a modern game. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I, I, I'm going to take a controversial take here and say I don't like the Wiimote mu much. Um, yeah. I, I'm. I. I. I really. Um. 
I play video games because of a lot of their like accuracy and the way that I feel like I'm doing the thing that's happening on the screen. And the Wiimote most of the time didn't feel like I was doing the thing. Like it felt like I was doing an approximation of the thing. Um, right. This is also why I don't particularly love Smash Brothers, but really love Street Fighter uh, is that sort of like snappiness. Um, you lost me on that, but keep going. Yeah. Go, go, well, I, I, you know, I, I feel like this has been a real good episode for me and people are probably on my side. So I got to say one thing that they fucking rail rail me <laughs> on. <laughs> um, uh, and it. I, yeah. I agree with you because it was like a it was like Twilight Princess, right? That had some like you used a, you waved the Wii remote for the sword, and it just like didn't have any sort of precision. It was just like you were just basically waggling it to to use the sword. It was just like I actually like the the way it was in GameCube better. I actually like not having like yeah. having just like button control. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I I'm with you. I like the Wii remote was a fun gimmick. Wii Sports was certainly a. A huge hit game for a reason and was super duper fun and uh but to me like it it's aged like the guitar hero guitar it's like oh yeah that was a fun thing mm-hmm. for a time yeah but it, I, I i'm glad that that mechanically uh hardware and, and control went away from that and went back to game pads yeah i i'm yeah i i i'm looking forward to whatever nintendo's next innovation is but i was really enthusiastic about the 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 movement from Wii to Wii U to Switch, and I hope wherever we go next, there's some motion controls, like there are on the Switch, but generally they are relegated to um, not being used. It's my feeling. Look, I'm fucking lazy. I don't be fucking swinging my arms around when I'm playing a game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I keep my arms stationary, mm-hmm. unless I'm reaching for a beverage. Mm-hmm. It, don't make me, it don't make me work so hard. <laughs> fucking lazy <laughs> <laughs> okay that's fine man you be you yeah thank you i love a proud lazy guy <laughs> <laughs> i'm a lazy fuck what are you gonna do about it hey man you get those reports in on time no what are you gonna do fire me don't fuck you get you. it i'm lazy baby <laughs> Uh, Matt, do you have, I mean, like, I don't know, what what were your thoughts on the Wii remote, and does anything come to your mind that might satisfy the parameters of this question? You know, like, we had a Wii, and I, like, I never played it, like, and I feel like, because my stepbrother had the Wii, and he was a little bit younger than me, but I even feel like he was not that into the Wii, like, I, right. like we have it, and I have no memories of him, like, ever, like, finishing a Wii game, like, or, like, just sort of playing it a little bit or doing we like the Wii sports. But um the first game I thought of is not a modern game, but like the like God of War 2. Like uh like that that series of God of War, not the new series, mm. um, with just the the what do you call it? The, with the chains of Olympus. That would be sort mm. of a fun uh sort of dual control, but it wouldn't be very precise and you wouldn't be able to do the really fun combos in that game that you can do with button control. So it's a yeah. it's a bad suggestion. <laughs> but it was the first. I, I, it's the first thing I thought about. I think it could. Also, I think it also might just wear you out because it's like you're working like double dutch jump ropes for however long your gaming sessions are. And man, I'm fucking lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's trying to push this as merch, and it's I, it's not happening. We're not putting I'm lazy on a shirt. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at GetPlayedPod or send us an email at GetPlayedPod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616 
to play. That is 616-275-2933. Hey, track down a, a Snatcher if you haven't, and, and you're looking for something to play. It's fucking a delight. I I, I really, we, we give it our strongest recommendation here during the month of Hideo Kojember, which continues all Kojember long. Matt, let us know what we'll be covering next week on the podcast. Next week's game, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. Hell yeah. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Bucket. Edge.